0: person next to you, (coughs) beautiful, (coughs) hallelujah, it's great to see so many faces this morning, some faces I don't know, which is really beautiful, welcome to our church, I hope that you feel at home. I know I feel home here. Yeah, I feel home here. It's a beautiful place. I love our church. If I wasn't the pastor, I'd come to this church. Especially if Luke Boyd was the pastor, I would come to this church. Yes, I would, Luke. Yes, I would. I'd sit in the front row and I'd cry every service. It's beautiful. Anybody got any scars on their body? Luke Ward, you would have probably the record. You know, they used to call my brother Frankenstein because my mum said he was held together by stitches because it was like, like, you know, every just about every second day he'd be like, "Mom," and you know, hear him crying out, and she go, "What now?" It's like another trip to the hospital. You know, <laughs> he was always getting stitched up. We got scars. You know, I've, I've got. I've got a scar from four Caesareans, a big scar right across my belly here. And and Phil loves that scar because that, that scar tells of a story. That that scar has a story behind it. You know, it's got the it's that's that, that scar there reminds us. It reminds us of our four beautiful daughters and their births and you know, the day that they came into the world. It reminds us. That scar on my body is like, to me, it's a scar of honour because it's got a good story. There are scars that we wear on our bodies that don't have such good stories. I've got some scars that don't tell good stories. And when I look at them, they remind me of things that I don't want to remember. You know, we've all got scars. You know, you may not have a scar on outside of your body, but I guarantee you'd have a few on the inside. How many hits have you taken since you came into this world? How many, how many times, oh, oh, there's another one. Maybe they're on your back. Maybe it was betrayal. Maybe it was, maybe they came in backwards. But we carry scars, don't we? Yeah. Inside and outside, and scars tell a story. Now, the scars on the outside of our bodies, maybe we don't mind sharing some of those stories. Like if I said to Luke, "What? Oh, how did you? Where's that mighty scar? You've got a huge one, haven't you? That was a skateboarding accident, one. Oh, I remember when you know they were just so young, him and Andrew, and they were in our youth group and." You know, they just thought that they would just skateboard down this hill that was almost like you couldn't walk down. Is that the true story? Holding onto a car. I missed that bit. That was sort of... Anyway, they completely got trashed. I think that you lost all the skin, didn't you? It was like right down to flesh. So there's some nice scars there. But those scars tell a story and... You know, some of the stories we want to, you know, we want to talk about. Like, you know, when you're at school, you go, you see this scar, you know, see that, you know, it's like. But a lot of the scars that we have inside, we don't want to talk about. And, you know, they they affect our lives, they affect who we are, they affect the way that we react to other people. they're, they're, They're sore, they're touchy, they don't stretch so well. How many of you know that a scar doesn't stretch very well? So when God wants to stretch us, our scars go, "Mm, nah, mm, nah. You know, in Isaiah 54, it says, stretch forth your tent pegs, enlarge the place. And we go, and God's saying, I want to enlarge you. I want to make you bigger on the inside. And your scars go, "Mm, nah, sorry. (laughs) "Mm, Nah, (laughs) nah, it's just not going to happen. Because we all have these scars. You know, Jesus speaks about his scars and the story of his scars in Isaiah 53. Let's just read it, and then we're gonna talk about Jesus' scars. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him Nothing in his appearance that we would desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we, we esteemed him not. But surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his scars, we are healed. By his wounds, we are healed. We are all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Who can, and who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring And prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand after the suffering of his soul. He will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servants will justify many. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. And he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great. And he will divide the spoils with the strong. Because he poured out his life unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Oh my goodness. It's just like, wow. Can you hear that? Can you hear the story of his scars? Can you hear the story of his scars that he took inwardly and outwardly for you? Scars, he bore them, not just when he went to the cross, but on the way to the cross, the week before the cross, like we're starting right now is the week leading up to the cross, starting with um, Palm Sunday today. This is the journey he began as they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. He must have been riding on that donkey, looking around at them and realizing, within a week, you will crucify me. Within the next few days, you will blaspheme me, you will spit at me, you will curse me. You shout Hosanna now, but in the next few days, you will deny me and put me on a cross. And yet still he went. Because the Bible says that he saw the reward of his suffering. He must have seen in those faces that day. And when he hung on that cross, he saw the faces of the reward of his suffering. When he hung on that cross that day, he saw your scars. He saw every one of your scars, not just the ones that you are happy to show, but the ones that you hide, the ones you never speak of, the ones that are in the dark, secret rooms of your heart that you never want anybody to see. He saw them. When he hung on that cross, it says the Father had to turn his head away from him as he took upon himself the sin of mankind as he took every one of those dark and hidden places the darkness came upon him from the sin of the whole world the scars of every man every woman for their whole lives from the time they were born till the time they die the scars that would be afflicted on them the scars that they would be inflicted with the wounds the sorrows the pain the sickness the suffering the rejection Everything. He took it upon himself. And he cried out, It is finished. He cried out, It is finished. Last Sunday, I mean, we've had some pretty amazing water baptisms in the last 18 years in this church. I mean, we, 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 You know, God just always turns up in our water baptisms and they're not by any means normal. They are supernatural, powerful, life-changing water baptisms every time. But Sunday night, something changed. And I think, I believe there was a complete and utter shift into the season that we're going into across the earth right now. And that is, I believe we've moved into a season of the baptism of love. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you. For God so loved that He gave His only Son that whoever should believe in Him would not perish but would receive eternal life. That, that baptism in those waters on Sunday night. And even this morning, you can feel it in the atmosphere. It's like a blanket of love that he's, he's just putting over us. Like he's putting it over not just the church. He's putting it over the world. He's, he, he's baptizing mankind in his love. You know, Phil said we walked into this shop. We cannot go anywhere right now at this moment in time where the whole place doesn't get baptised in love wherever we go. I mean, I just went in to get some stuff to go, you know, for dance. And uh, I'm thinking, I'm just doing my shopping here. And, of course, Phil never has that on his mind. He's always like, people help the people. Well, he's always there. He never checks out of that place. But I checked out, I was gone shopping. <laughs> I am woman. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I heard him talking and he's starting to talk to the girls, and I know when he's, uh, he's getting there. And then the next minute he's saying, Oh yeah, you know, you gotta check out these photos of my and he's talking about our daughters and talking about the water baptisms and he's showing them photos of the water baptisms and you know, one girl was like yeah, and the other one was like oh, you know and they looked at the, one of the photos of the water baptism and it's like the same listen to me the same baptism of love that was on that pool that same blanket it came came down in that shop came down in that shop and all of a sudden it was like there was no one else in that whole shopping centre but these two girls in this room getting baptised in the love of God they couldn't describe what was happening we were caught up in it and then they start, you know one of them just starts to get tears in her eyes and I go up and I hug her and she just folds into my arms and she's going I just need this hug so bad and I'm just hugging her like she's my daughter like this is my daughter flip this is so beautiful I'm in love with this girl and then the other one that was like that and she just can I have one of those too she's like nearly as old as me And she falls into my arms, she said, oh. I said, everyone needs a mum hug, darling. Everyone needs a mum hug. And she just like, I know, I know. And I'm just like in the shop. And then we start to talk to them. And Phil's saying, oh, you've got to see my daughters and this and that, he always wants to show off the girls. He shows them a photo of Gemma. And in the background of Gemma is a painting that I did, which is a painting of my testimony. And so they look at Gemma and they both go, what is that painting? And so we honed the painting and, you know, we zeroed in on it. And I told them the story of the painting. Now they're all both gone. They're just like like sobbing. I'm thinking, don't let anyone come in this shop right now, Lord. Put an angel by the door of this shop right now. (laughs) It was a baptism of love. The scars that they had, and they had carefully hidden behind their manicured nails and their sports bodies, The scars, as soon as the love of God walked into the room, as soon as the baptism of love came, it was like, here's my scars. Here they are. Here's my scars. I've got some. You know. Last Sunday night in the waters of baptism, this was, I know, and you know, I'm like right there in the middle of it, so I'm seeing firsthand what's going on and hearing what's going on. and I mean, there were... I look at Ray this morning. Ray, I, when you walked in here this morning I went, "Who's that?" I actually did. Went, "Who's that?" Like you physically look different. Physically, you're not the same person. I mean, whatever scars he took. You see, at the cross of Jesus Christ there was a divine exchange. Your scars for his. His scars for yours. There was a divine exchange where he said, he was wounded for my transgressions. He was pierced for my iniquities. The suffering that brought us peace, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his stripes, by his scars, we are healed divine exchange. His scars for your scars. His scars for your scars. If, if you don't understand anything else about Easter right now, and I'm talking to long-term Christians, as well as those that are just seeking and those who have just come to Jesus. If you don't understand anything else about Easter, understand this, there was a divine exchange made. There was a price paid a very high price paid for your scars. He exchanged his pain for your pain. He exchanged his rejection for your rejection. His bruises for your bruises. His affliction for your affliction. The weight of sin, you know sin has a weight. The weight of sin, the Bible describes that as weight. It has a weight that we carry around. And the weight of sin he took upon himself. And he carried the whole weight, the whole weight, not some of the weight, not just. Some of the weight, not just the things that we think are forgivable, not just the things that we think that we're able to bring to Him that are acceptable for Him. Well, you can forgive that, but you wouldn't want to see this, you just wouldn't want to look in here. He took all of it, all of it, the whole weight. You know, I see so many Christians walking around with that weight still on them, hunched over with the weight of sin. And I just say, but Jesus loves you, but, but oh, I don't feel it. Oh, you, you don't realize why. What about the weight of shame? say, oh, yeah, I know he took my sin, but no, I'll carry my own shame. That's mine. I'll carry the shame. It's mine to carry. He took our shame. He took our sin. What about guilt? How many times do you come into church or you come into the presence of the Lord or you go to pray and guilt overwhelms you? Oh, you haven't been praying enough, have you? Oh, what about we what did last week? Oh, yeah. You're never going to measure up to that. And you're like, ugh. Oh. And you carry the weight again of guilt. But the Bible says that he took the weight. There was a divine exchange on the cross of Calvary on that day where he took the weight of the sin. The shame and the guilt that mankind, the burden that they were under, that they couldn't possibly fix through their own sacrifices, through their own works, through their own means, they could. They found and they realized that they could not be their own savior, and the Lamb that was that 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 where the blood was shed for the sin. It just wasn't working and nothing was working and nothing they did, no matter how many sacrifices they made, no matter how many things and how they tried to make themselves clean before God, nothing was working. And then God took the spotless Lamb of God, the spotless Lamb of God, Jesus, as a sacrifice for all sin for all time, for all mankind. The Lamb of God. John said that in, I think it's John 1.29, when Jesus was coming to be water baptized. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Not the Lamb of God who just forgives sin." But the Lamb of God who takes away. The Lamb of God who does a divine exchange. The Lamb of God who takes your sin and makes it no more. Amen. He says, it is finished. Can I have the band up here? It is finished. You should be shouting by now. You should be standing up. I mean, it is finished. Come on, stand to your feet. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Your sin has been paid for. Your scars have been dealt a deathly blow. He heals. He. Come on!